For the Love of Reading, featuring selections from novels, complete short stories, poetry, and nonfiction, read for you by Linda Pack. I'm going to read for you a true Indian story told by Lucy Young of Round Valley Indian Reservation. This is the saga of Lucy Young, a Wailaki Indian girl who, in 1862, when she was around 10 years old, fled from soldiers and from white men who trafficked in Indian children. In 1939, when Lucy was in her 90s, she told her story to her neighbor in Covalo, a white woman, the ethnobotanist Edith Van Allen Murphy. Lucy Young wanted the truth to be told. She died in 1944. But first, to understand the story that Lucy Young tells, some context is needed. The majority of white settlers who came west after the miraculous finds of gold in the hills of Northern California soon discovered not gold, but disappointment. So many moved on into the mountain valleys around the North Fork of the Eel River in Northern California, also Southern Humboldt and Trinity. These were the native lands of the Wailaki and Lassic peoples. In 1850, the year that California became a state, an innocent, eager, and optimistic Colonel Reddick McKee was appointed by President Millard Fillmore to <clears throat> make peace on the frontier. Overcoming language and cultural barriers, he negotiated treaties with 18 tribes to live in peace with each other and the white man. But California's senators, who wanted the resources of the materials, the minerals, the timber, and the fertile land exclusively for white settlers, held intense opposition to these treaties. In 1852, Senator John Weller, who later became a governor of California, proclaimed in Congress, The fate of the Indian is irrevocably sealed. He must soon be crushed by the encroaching tide of immigration. The hand of destiny has marked him, and he must soon fade away. The reflection to every humane heart is a melancholy one, but it is unavoidable. In the providence of God, they must soon disappear before the onward march of our countrymen. Humanity may forbid, but the interest of the white man demands their extinction. The treaties were never ratified. So the situation, which was already bad, got worse, with the violence, which was initiated by the local white settler militia, was escalating on both sides. Starting in 1859, Wailaki warriors led by Chief Lassik succeeded in driving many of the settlers out of their territory into southern Humboldt County. So here's an official report from Fort Humboldt from June 1861. We attacked a rancheria near Kettenshaw Valley, killed four Indians. This rancheria was occupied by Lassick's band, probably the most desperate and troublesome Indians in the mountains. They've frequently been engaged in murdering whites, burning houses, killing horses and cattle. I regret so few of them were killed, but they were constantly on the alert and could only be caught by following them day and night. The attack was made near noon, 
and as the Indians were prepared for it, many of them escaped through the almost impassable bushes. The next year, in 1862, Fort Baker was established to protect the settlers from these Indian hostels. In northern California's mountainous forests, this was the area between the Mad River and the Van Dusen Fork of the Eel River. Tasked with gathering Indians from movement to reservations, Fort Baker was soon overcrowded with prisoners. The Indians had to be shipped elsewhere. Chief Lassick and his band, who had been driven to surrender at Fort Baker in the summer of 1862, were taken to the Smith River Reservation, from which he and 300 of his men escaped. And they were soon recaptured and sent to Fort Seward, where in January of 1863, Chief Lassick and his men were executed. The vicious raids on her people and the death of Chief Lassick is part of Lucy Young's story. Now it would be good to understand the climate and the terrain where Lucy's story takes place. From August in 1862 through the winter of 1863, Lucy Young crossed rivers, valleys, mountain ridges, and peaks, which range in elevation from about 300 feet to 5,000 feet. The summer was dry and hot. The fall and winter were cold and wet. The inner northern coast ranges are separated by a long system of valleys. The area she covered was, west to east, about 150 miles. It was bounded on the west by the land around the Eel and Van Dusen rivers and the area around the Mad River, and ultimately as far east as Cottonwood in Shasta County. The most northerly point of her travels was above Hayfork, and the southern was below Laytonville, also about 150 miles apart. She traveled by pack mule, horse, and occasionally by boat, but mostly on foot and often alone. She traveled mostly at night to avoid capture by white people. Lucy Young had to find water, shelter, and food every day. In the course of telling her story, Lucy Young mentions finding and eating foods which may not be familiar to European Americans like myself. For instance, she talks about pinoli, a form of flour or meal which is made from grinding acorns or pine nuts or foraged grains. It can then be mixed with water and baked. Acorns from all kinds of oaks were leached by getting them wet and covering them and then later peeling off the mold, and then the meat could be pounded into meal. Buckeye is also called horse chestnuts. They're boiled or roasted, and then the shells are cracked to remove the meat, which is then mashed and soaked to remove the bitterness. And I understand they taste like potatoes. Blue camas bulbs, which the Wailaki called ketten, were baked in a hole covered with ashes, and they were a treat, like sweet potatoes. And they roasted the grasshoppers. They also crushed bulbs of soap root into still pools to make the fish dizzy or stun them, and then the fish could easily be dipped out with a basket. Baskets were woven as needed from roots or grasses and used for cooking by filling them with water and hot stones. In 1939, when Lucy Young was in her 90s, 
she told her life story to her neighbor in Covalo, an extraordinary white woman named Edith Van Allen Murphy. Lucy Young made her a gift of this story in order so that it could be published and the truth would be known. Edith Van Allen Murphy was born in 1879, and in 1903, at the age of 24, after graduating from Berkeley, a newly minted young librarian linguist, she came to Mendocino County. She fell in love with the mountains and the redwoods and the open range and homesteaded 160 acres at Sherwood and became friends with her native neighbors. As an ethnobotanist, she studied native cultures in both Nevada and California, writing and publishing many scholarly works. From 1925 to 1935, she lived in Covalo as the United States Indian Service's only range botanist and acted in behalf of the impoverished native people in Round Valley. She had an action-packed 89 and a half years, which she spent chronicling, collecting, advocating, preserving Native American culture, from basketry to recipes. Edith clearly honored and valued Lucy's friendship and her experience and her botanical knowledge. Lucy taught her how to gather the basket material at hand on every streamside and hillside, hazelbrush, the small parts of wild grapevines, roots of willow, and conifers, and the sedge. In Edith's excellent book, The Indian Uses of Native Plants, which is still in print and available from the Mendocino Historical Society and where I got the information about the food, Edith recounts an illuminating story that Lucy told her while they were traveling together on horseback through the North Yolaboli Mountain Wilderness area of Mendocino National Forest. It is a detailed account of the trek made by the Wailaki Indians to procure their yearly supply of salt. In Edith's retelling of the salt journey, she refers to Lucy in the third person. But in Lucy Young's own life history which I'm about to read, Edith Van Allen Murphy has made an effort to tr faithfully transcribe Lucy Young's speech as she heard it, to reproduce Lucy Young's voice. Here is Lucy Young's story, complete with the introduction by Edith Van Allen Murphy, as it appeared when it was published in the scholarly journal, the California Historical Society Quarterly, in December 1941. Out of the Past, a true Indian story told by Lucy Young of Round Valley Indian Reservation to Edith Van Allen Murphy. Conflicts between the Indians and the whites in what is now Humboldt and Mendocino counties began in the early 1850s and continued well into the next decade. When the white people first began settling that region, the Indians were not greatly disturbed, but many of the miners and packers used little judgment in their treatment of the natives, and regarding them as their natural enemies, killed them whenever opportunity offered. The Indians retaliated by murdering whites who may or may not have been guilty of the crime that was being avenged. 
As the gold hunters flocked in, the Indians began to fear for their food supply, and the ill feeling soon became so great that it was considered necessary to keep a detachment of soldiers in the vicinity of Hoopa Valley. In the Matole Valley, Hydesville, Yeager Creek, and Van Dusen districts, trouble between the Indians and the whites frequently flared. Fort Humboldt, within the present city limits of Eureka, was established in 1853, and several other military posts followed in the early 1860s. The Federal Indian Department also began to take notice of the situation, and reservations were set aside, and the neighboring Indians were gathered together and placed on them. Many of these, however, escaped, and soldiers were sent in their pursuit. The kidnapping of Indian children and selling them into virtual slavery was practiced by some of the whites in the early 1860s, for a state law permitted the indenture of Indians and Indian children, and unscrupulous men took advantage of it. Lucy Young, a Wailaki Indian from the vicinity of Alder Point and now living on Round Valley Reservation in Mendocino County, Wishing to present to the world the Indian side of the story, in 1939 dictated the following recollections of her childhood to me, Edith Van Allen Murphy. Although now over 90 years old and almost blind from cataracts, Lucy is in good health, her spirit undaunted, and her mind clear. The major part of the narrative, as far as we can judge, took place in the summer of 1862, no attempt has been made to dress up the story. The words are Lucy's own. My grandpa, before white people came, had a dream. He was so old, he was all doubled up, knees to chin and eyes like indigo. Grown son carry him in great basket on his back every place. My grandpa say, white rabbit, he mean white people, gone to devour our grass, our seed, our living. We won't have nothing more this world. Big elk with straight horn come when white man bring it. I think he meant cattle. Another animal bigger than deer, but round feet got hair on neck. This one horse, I guess. My aunt say, oh, father, you out your head, don't say that way. He say, now, daughter, I'm not crazy. You young people going to see this. People come long way, listen him dream. He dream, then say this way every morning. They leave little children play by him. They watch good, have big stick, wave round, scare snake away. He had good teeth. All old people had good teeth. One time they travel. They come to big pile of brush. My grandpa stop and look at it. He say, this good wood. When I die, burn my body to ashes on top of ground. He'll going to be big canoe run round, carry white people's things. Those white rabbits got lots of everything. How canoe going to run round on dry ground all around here, we ask him. Don't know, he say. Just run that way. He mean wagon, I guess. <laughs> I never grow much. <laughs> they call me little shorty, 
but I know pretty near everything that time. My grandpa put his hand on my head and smoothed my hair and hold his hand there. Long time you going to live, my child, he say. You live long time in this world. Well, I live long enough, I guess, about ninety-five summer if living till then. My grandpa never lived to see white people, just dreaming every night bound them. People come long way, listened him dream. My grandpa moved down by big spring. One day he couldn't get up. He say, I going to leave you today. I used to be good hunter, kill bear, elk, deer, feed my children. Can't feed my children no more. Like old root, just ready for growing now. Pretty soon dead, speak no more. All seem like a dream to me. Long, long ago. Night time, he die, and in morning all tied up in deerskin with grass rope, sit up, knees to chin, they tie him up too soon. He roll over, come back, scare everybody. He ask for water and ask for pack strap to basket always carry him in. He ask for lil basket he always use for cup. He drink lots. I starve for water and want my strap, he say. That's why I come back. Then he die. Our people dig big hole, put stick across, put brush, put body in, put more brush, burn all to ashes. They put basket and strap, too, with him. When he go, where people go, at last. First soldiers I ever see, my little sister about three feet high, took us to Fort Baker and down Van Dusen River. Mother ran away, twice. Last time she took us to lower country. I run off too, many times. It was August. Soldiers had all Indian together, gone to take em hoopa. Mother ran when we hit redwoods, hide us all in hollow tree, lay there all day. I had little cup and bucket, soldier give me. Mother send me hunt water, I afraid lost. Break bushes every little way. Dark in redwoods, can't see nothing. Pretty soon come to big fern, I break it, lay in my track. Pretty soon hear waterfall, fill bucket, turn back, find stick I broke, find fern, good thing I do that way. Might I lost. Too dark, them redwoods. Two days we lay in hollow log. Hear soldier in camp, go little ways, listen, go little further, listen. Way down the gulch, lots of hazelnut, we eat. Travel on. About sundown, come out open country. Big ridge, look down. Two elk feed by alder spring. Raise up head like tree branches. Big horn. Then he run quick. We hear brush crack way down there. We see horse track hide again. Somebody whistle. We drop in fern. Just see soldier hat go by. 
we watch him long ways. When dark come, we go way down open ridge. Something rustle. I think dogs overtake us. We look back. Skunk family follow us. Mother, five little ones. We go down, find little flat, heavy timber. We lay down, sleep till sun up. Mother, never eat, just drink water. We got crackers, dried beef from soldiers. There we stay till sundown. Mother begin get sick. If she die, she tell us go back to soldiers, not to no other white people. We go on. From top of mountain, we come to big pond. High mountain. I pack water for poor mother. Poor little sister, tired, can't hardly walk. I pack her by hand. Look all time for service, Barry. Go way out around. See track I think must be people. Nobody there. Look close. Bear track. Deer track, too. Get pretty close our own country. Bunch grass country. We make little holes so we lay down to sleep. Mother never sleep. I never sleep. Little sister sleep. Too tired, little sister. We hear bear coming. Mother raise up head. Moon just coming up. I listen, listen. Bear pass by. Next thing, mother say, Children, wake up, let's go. Sunshine big all over country. We go round behind Lassic Peak on top of ridge. Rocky, I want hunt water. I starve for water. I hunt for water like in redwoods. See little ferns, drink water, carry to mother, rest a while, then go on. Too hungry, we feel. I want to go back on road, let soldiers catch us. Then we find sunflower, plenty. We gather head, seed dry enough to eat. We go down creek, catch crawfish. Mother can't eat hardtack, make her sick. We had bed-ticking dresses, soldiers made us. I wear that. Mother holler, young ducks coming down in water. I stand in water, catch little ducky in skirt. Two of them, pretty good size, can't fly yet. Run on top of water, we kill em club. We had soldier matches. If didn't have, we could make fire with stick. Lots of buckeye good for that. We swinge cotton off little ducks, get lots of maple leaf, fill hole with coals. Wrap ducks in leaf, keep ashes off, put in hole. <laughs> Duck fat taste good, smell good. But I never eat. I want mother eat, get stronger. I eat dry beef, crackers, good enough. After we eat, I catch crawfish again that I lose out dress skirt when duck come downstream. We stay one night, that's all. Keep moving. Uphill here, all way to Kettenshaw. Got to the valley. White man been plant wheat, then go off, leave it. This wheat, lots of ripe. Moonlight, we pick a while, drop down, sleep. I pick little longer, drop down, sleep. Mother pick all night. Had basket pretty near full. She wakes us up. 
Come, children, big spring ahead of us. We make it tonight. I afraid step on snake. I say, Mother got deerskin, make us high moccasin up to knee. No moccasin for mother, hide ain't big enough. We get to big spring, we stay all night, all day. Evening, mother want to go down to head of Soldier Creek. We stay there, gather brush, make basket, pounding basket, call it chesta'a. Pounding rock, call it biltsuk. Two days, mother make chesta'a, then pound wheat, roast it first in old pan we find there, make pinole. Long time we stay there. Get good basket roots along river. Kind of lonesome there. Talk about move over little gulch, get hazelnut. Bear like hazelnut too. I afraid bear get mother. She laughed. Tell me if bear get her, take little sister to soldier, they gonna take care of us both. Mother grind hazelnut. Come back quick. Must crack all night by small firelight. Take hazelnut out. Every time I wake up, I hear cracking, cracking, so don't have to carry shell. We move camp back to Mad River. Don't stay long. Then go South Fork Mountain. There we stay about a month, eat hazelnut. Lots of ketten bulb, too. Then come rain. Poor mother. Build bark house. We happy there. One day I see smoke over to Kettenshaw. Me and little sister playing. We see big smoke rays over Kettenshaw. Mother come out, shade eyes with hand. Look. Guess someone come back from Hoopa, she say. Mother want to go back, see who there. I afraid. I tell her, you go there, someone kill us. I'm going to take little sister, go soldier now. We had thick black oak bark. We pack fur on it, save matches. Evening time, wind blow way down ridge. I see big fire raise up where I drop coal. Over Kettenshaw, two women, one man, burn coals in grass for grasshopper. They see our smoke, though then that we still alive. That's our cousin and little children, they say, them that run off from soldier. Lots of Indian die on road, starve. Mother went down to river, stay all night. Morning come, we go way up ridge on top of Kettenshaw. Coming down, mother tell me, daughter, I dry for water. I get water. I ask, gonna flat down on Kettenshaw? She say, no, we get out on point to see who is, if we know. Had big load hazelnut to pack. Push basket up for me, daughter, mother say. She sit down. I lift strap, push basket up on back. Hear brush crack. Look quick, see soldier hat. I run back, run in gulch. Mother, call me. Come back. Don't run off. I lay there long time. After a while, I come back. Our cousins come there, dressed in soldier clothes. Man had mustache, too. Looks strange. I ask him, where are you woman? Coming slow, he say. 
Sick pack grasshopper, pack basket. Nothing to eat but grasshopper. Mother divide pinole and had old and hazelnut. She feed em good. All us went back to Mad River. We had old uncle coming there. Lots of fish in hole, deep hole. Can't catch em so we get big soap root, pound em, put in hole. Lots of fish then come up top water. Ain't dead, ain't hurt, just float. If put in fresh water, gone to come alive again. We eat that evening. They'd tell me, go down river, look for old uncle. I run down quick, come back. Mother tell me, stay down little while, might be pass us. I go out again, look round, hear rock rattle. I watch, watch. See poor old fellow coming, pack big black basket. I run to camp, say, old uncle coming now. Mother say, go meet him. I do. He commenced to cry, hold my hand. He had to catch fish like we did too. Fall time then, acorns getting good. All want to go back to Alder Point when winter there. Oh, commence rain hard. We camp, build bark house. Everybody tell little sister and me, go on outside, play. We get oak ball, playing, playing. We play pitch and catch. White people come and find us. Want to take us all to Fort Seward. We all scared to death. Indian boy tell us, don't fraid, won't kill you. They took us to Fort Seward, had Indian women there, all men killed. Any Indian escaped from Hoopa, they brought to Fort Seward. <laughs> After a while, Chief Lassick come in. White people went away to get grub, snowing. Find Indian track way down some place on road. Three white men, two, three Indian boys going to hunt up who made track. Find them. Don't run, Indian boy. Tell them going to take you Fort Seward. They bring in four Indian men, five women, Fort Seward. Chief Lassick among them. He uncle cousin, my mother. Then all stay there, kill deer, pack it in, pack wood all time. One white man come there, want to take me South Fork Mountain. His woman got little baby. He want me stay his woman. He take me South Fork. He heard hogs. I never stay long there. This Indian woman whip me all the time. Didn't talk my language. About week all I stay. Commence rain pretty hard. She tell me go get water. I go down. Water muddy, I get it anyway. She asked me, make sign, where you get this water? I shown down to river. She think I get water in hole near house. She throw out water, commence whip me, tell me go get water. I go down river, pretty steep down. <laughs> I throw bucket in river. I run off, never see bucket no more. I had soldier shoes, take off, tie around neck. Water knee-deep. I just had thin dress, can run good. Come up big high bank. Keep look back to see if woman follow me. 
Lots of redwood trees stand there. I see Hog got killed, laying there, neck and shoulder eat up. Hog warm yet. When I put foot on it, something come up behind me. Grizzly bear growl at me. Wind blow from river, he smell me. I fall back in tall firms. I feel same as dead. Grizzly bear sat there, his paw hanging down, head turn, look, I keep my eye on him. He give up, listening, look, turn around. I keep still, just like dead. I fainty too and weak. I run into water, deep water, up to my waist. I run through, get to Fort Seward before I look back. At last I come home to mother at Fort Seward. Before I get there, I see big fire in lots of down timber and treetop. Same time, awfully funny smell. I think somebody get lots of wood. I go on to house everybody crying. Mother tell me, all our men killed now. She say white men there, others come from Round Valley, Humboldt County too, kill our old uncle, Chief Lassick, and all our men. Stood up about forty Indian in a row with rope round neck. What this for? Chief Lassick asked him. To hang you dirty dogs, white man tell him. <laughs> Hanging, that's dog's death, Chief Lassick say. We done nothing be hung for. Must we die? Shoot us. So they shoot, all our men. Then build fire with wood and brush. Indian been cut for days. Never know their own funeral fire they fix. Build big fire. Burn all them bodies. That's funny smell I smell before I get to house. Make hair raise on the back of my neck. Make sick stomach, too. That man what heard hogs, his Indian boys, speak my language. He say, why you come back? That woman whip me every day, I say. What she whip you for? Everything, little or big, she whip me. Boy say, white man say he going to take all you folks over there, build you house. That white man, same evening, got me, took me to his house. Then took me down South Fork again. I ride behind. He talk his woman. He had cowhide rope. He up that, give woman good whipping with that. He stay all night, next morning go back Fort Seward. Another Indian boy where I was. I didn't know he spoke my language. When Ban come, he go on. When this boy talk with me. Boy tell me, tomorrow another white man come. Going to take you off. Way down. Tomorrow white man come. So it, it did happen. He take me then. This boy say... Better you stay white people, better for you, all your people killed, nothing to come back for. I didn't say nothing, yes or no. He bring me back Alder Point, this white man did. From there, 
he take me down low. I ride on pack saddle, had big blanket over me, winter time. Get up on top of mountain, meet another white man, got little Indian boy with him. This boy talk my talk good. He ride pack saddle too. They take us way up to Blue Rock Mountain. White men live there. Dogs begin barking. We get there, ride up to gate. White man take me off. I can't walk. Ride all day. Take little boy off too. I see woman come out of door. I know that woman. One of my people. Bill Dobbin's mother. This one. Her father's my aunt. She know me. I know her. She sat down in chair, hug me, commence try, cry. She too, cause she think about mother all the time. This woman live with white old man. He cook supper. This woman don't know how to cook. He come in, I and I think that I his daughter. You papoose? She say no, put hand on chest. My Indian, she say. Oh, ah, white man say. He bring out little baby tumbler, give me little whiskey, put sugar in it, cause riding in cold. Then they took me to Long Valley. He had another wife there. Next morning, that other man was there, washing face. He come in, count my finger. One, two, three, four days, you going down close to ocean. That man washing was cutting wood there. I stay there, play with pups. I look back, two small Indian boys stand there. I, I look and feel afraid. Went in house. That man cooks supper. He go to bed overhead. I sleep in big blanket by chimney. He cook in kitchen in morning. Get up, he say. Breakfast ready. Two Indian women come in. Talk quick to me. Poor my little sister, where you from? I come from the north. That bald-headed man bring me. He got wife and children, they say. These women talk clipped my language. That way all Indian children come here, they say. He bring them all. I half cry all the time for my mother. After a while, bald-headed man come back, talk women long time. Going to have big gamble over there, they say. Men got up and left. First, they give women grub, hog, backbone, ribs. These women say, in four days, you go stay old couple close by us. One of them say, I got white men. I come see you. They leave for home, little ridge over hill. I hear Indian talking little way. I stand there and think. Only show for me to run off now. Nobody there. I run in house. Matchbox off shelf I put in dress pocket. In kitchen I find flour sacks. Take loaf of bread. Take boiling meat. Take big blanket from my bed. I went out so quick I never shut door. Then I went to barn. Open door. Let all horses out. All day, I travel on edge of valley. I forgot I going to have to swim a river. Then I see white man house and lot of Indian house, all smoke even. Good sign. 
I go toward White Man House. I go upstream, look for footlog. Brush thick, too. I found big trail. Frayed then. Stop and listen every little while. Pretty soon find footbridge. Just getting dark good. Star coming up. Another big stream, shallow water. Lots of people there. Lots of bell, talk, laugh. Pack train stop there. I cross above camp. Water knee deep. Go up long hill. Pretty near daylight come out on mountain. Come out in big open country where Billy Dobbin's mother lived. Owl commence holler. Coming daylight. Way this side great big rock. Big live oak. Hollow place. I lay blanket down. Sleep all day. Dark, I wake up. Night come. I pack shoes one, one shoulder, blanket another shoulder, pack grub in hand. Lots of snow that time on Bell Springs Mountain. There I put on shoes, come out in big opening, went down away from road. Saw big mountain, went over it. I backtracked little way. I see white man hunt for me on white horse. I lay still long time, travel all night. Went down in canyon, find big log all dry underneath. I sleep right there all day. Had to cross two little creek, went barefoot there. When I cross those two little creek, I home to old ground, not far from Alder Point. Again I lay down in sun to sleep. Three days I stay there. Afraid go to Fort Seward. Good weather. Think about mother all time. Half time cry. Once a while, two nights I stay alone. Then I go to Fort Seward. That white man told Indian boys, watch for me, come home. Lots of women there, men all killed. I go where they get water. Two, three places there where make buckeye soup. It ain't done yet. Nobody there. I taste buckeye. It's all bitter yet. I drink water out of basket sitting there. After a while, I see woman coming. I step behind brush. She never see me. She pour water in buckeye. Talk to self about being bitter. It was my mother. Then I step in plain sight. She stir soup with hand, shake drops off, look round. Who's you, she say, that you, my daughter? I say, yes, she hug me and cry. Poor mother. Indian boy watching, she whisper. You come about morning, about midnight. No, I told her, got grub, got blanket. I sleep down here someplace. Shall I bring Buckeye soup tonight? No, I tell her, don't fetch grub out. Might they follow you, find me. Two nights I hide out. I go way down creek, down under big tree roots, sleep dry. Then I go to house. All time I never leave no sign. Mother and little sister hunt me. Make believe gather wood, never find me. My uncle hunt me last night. Then I show up on open ground. He say, poor little thing, hunted, starving. <laughs>
about midnight, I put you cross river in boat. I say, tell mother meet me out there. He say, them two little girl been take away from that another woman, cry all the time. Midnight, I go in, meet him, watch stars for time. I eat. Mother give me another blanket, food too. Them two men don't make no track, walk in leaves and river. Had big boat, put my aunt and me cross river. If mother let little sister go, white men kill mother. We travel all night, sleep all day till sundown. Had lots of dry meat. Left most of my white man grub with mother. Found some of our people at Poison Rock, pretty near sundown. I see old man pack wood. He been on lookout. He go in big bark house. I look in door, big fire in middle of house. Man say, little girl look in door. They get up, bring me in. Young girl lay there, sick of my half-sister. That night she die, snowing, raining, hard. They dig hole right by house, put body in. All went out, tore all house down, set it afire. Midnight, snow, whirl, wind, howl. Then we went over to another house. All left there next day, went over to Soldier Basin, we stay there a while, went to Cottonwood, some of our people there. We went to Head of Mad River, next day to South Fork of Trinity River. We stay all night, tired, no horses, next day to Cottonwood. My cousin Ellen, Wailaki Tom's woman, was there. We found her right away. Then I stay at Cottonwood all summer. After a while, my cousin living with white man, he wanted to kill her, so she leave him. I stay with her and little boy. Ellen's cousin's brother say to me, take care my little boy, cause I gone to Hayfork. Maybe white folks kill me, he say. Take my boy, take him way off. White man named Rogers come after this. Ellen, my cousin's man, went to work for him. I go with her to Hayfork and take little boy too. Rogers, my white man, took me then to take care of that summer. Marry me by and by when I get old enough. About ten-year girl, I guess, when I first see soldier. I stay there at Hayfork a long time. My mother come there, too. She die after a while at Hayfork. My cousin Ellen, younger than me, but she got man first. We didn't neither one know much Man told us to cook beans. We cook green coffee for beans. Man cooked for a long time for us. Little sister, white man took her away. Never see her no more. If see her, maybe wouldn't know her. That's the last young one taken away. Mother lost her at Fort Seward. I hear it. I went back, got mother, brought her to Hayfork. Lots of Indian there, lots of different language, all different. Mother, stay with me till she die. You ask about father? <laughs> he got killed, and brother, in soldier war, before soldiers captured us. Three days fight, 
three days running, just blood, blood, blood. Young woman, cousin, run from soldier, run into our camp. Three of us girls run. I lose buckskin blanket. Cousin, run back, pick it up. I roll it up, put under arm, run more better that way. We had young man, cousin, got shot side of head, crease him, all covered his blood, everything. We help him to water, wash off, no die. That night all our women come to camp. I ask mother, you see my father, big brother? Yes, she say, both to em dead. I want to go see. Mother say, no. Young woman been stole by white people come back, shot through lights and liver, front skin hang down like apron. She tie up with cotton dress, never die neither. Little boy, knee pan shot off. Young man shot through thigh. Only two men of all our tribe left that battle. White people want our land, want destroy us, break and burn our basket, break our pounding rock, destroy our ropes, no snares, no deerskin, flint life, knife, nothing. Some old lady wear moss blanket, peel off rock good. So all long, long ago. My white man die. My children all die but one. Oldest girl she married went way off. Flew take rest. Oldest girl die a few years ago. Left girl. She married now. Got little girl. Come see me sometimes. All I got left, my descendants. About 25 years ago, I marry Sam. Marry him by preacher, Sam. He's a good man. Hey, Fork Indian, talk little different to us people, but can understand it. We get old age pension, buy a little place in Round Valley, keep our horses, keep cow, keep chickens, dogs, cats too. We live good. I hear people tell about what Indian do early days to white man. Nobody ever tell it what white man do to Indian. That's the reason I tell it. That's history. I seen it myself. And that is all for this edition of For the Love of Reading, a true Indian story told by Lucy Young of Round Valley Indian Reservation. The material read on this edition of For the Love of Reading was selected, reviewed, edited, and performed by Linda Pack. The program was engineered by Alicia Bales. This program is archived and available for online listening at kzyx.org, and at lindapack.net you will find podcast and audio links to all of the shows aired on For the Love of Reading. Stay tuned at 9 p.m. for Radiogram with Jamie Roberts, featuring the Braveheart Grandmothers and Yankton Sioux coming-of-age ceremony.
Mendocino County Remembered. Oral histories collected and published under the auspices of the Mendocino Historical Society for the American Bicentennial in 1976. Read by Linda Pack. Today, from the Ukiah Valley, the recollections of Elsie Allen, born September 22, 1899. Up to the age of 62, I worked at many jobs, but somewhere within me was the urge to come back to basket making. My mother and my grandmother worked at basket weaving when I was a child. When I was older, I gathered sedge roots, willows, bulrushes, and redbud at the same places such as Dry Creek Road and Mill Creek Road, and with the help of my mother and grandmother, we cured the material and made it into baskets. However, my grandmother died in 1924, so not only did I lose her help, but most of her examples of baskets as well, as it was customary for an Indian woman to have all her baskets and reeds buried with her. In the first few years of married life, I attempted basket weaving. I made a basket of about eight or nine inches, and that was buried with my grandmother. My next one-stick coiled basket was buried with my great-uncle. A third basket was buried with my brother-in-law. I didn't have a good feeling about making baskets after that. Mother told me that she did not want this to happen with her as she wanted me to have her baskets to help me when I started up basket weaving again. So I promised her I would do this. Mother showed baskets for seven years. She showed baskets at the Boonville Fair and around. She liked people and she noticed how people liked the basket displays. She wanted me to travel and meet people through the baskets and not destroy her baskets and have nothing left for me and others in the future. Unfortunately, some of my Pomo people were not pleased with me for doing this, and even some of my own family came to me and told me I should stop doing it. They felt these old ways should die, and we should forget the past heritage. Perhaps they thought the people would laugh at us for taking up things our ancestors once did, and some were afraid if other people learned to make baskets like the pomo, they would sell them and get rich from our art. Even one white gentleman came to me and told me I should not do it because it would destroy a lot of plants. He did not understand what I knew very well, that cutting out roots and trimming of shrubs actually helped spread the growth, and there was no danger as long as the digging and cutting was not overdone at any one place. I felt very strongly that my people who opposed my basket-making were wrong and were letting fears overcome their better sense, as how could we ever bring back an understanding of our own background and the beautiful things our old people did if we did not revive some of these arts. I was helped in my determination to be a basket-weaver and have pride in my work and in my people by an experience that happened to me when I was fifty. My daughter invited me to go with her to a Chinese restaurant, where I expected to see none but Chinese eating. I was amazed to see other races eating there, and saw also how proud the Chinese were of their heritage, since I felt that the Pomos were one of the greatest basket weavers in the world. I resolved in my heart that this wonderful art should not be lost, and that I would learn it well and teach others. When I was 62 years of age, I finally found the time I was seeking to start my basket weaving again. I went out and dug the roots and gathered the willows and hunted around for the beautiful twigs of redbud myself. 
I have been able to create many fine baskets from those, as small as a dime up to large storage baskets, and including some of the famous feather baskets that made the pomos renowned. There is a rich and beautiful feeling to have these useful and lovely baskets grow into being under the work of your own hands and the designs that grow with them. In two years, I finished 54 baskets. Basket weaving needs dedication and interest and increasing skill and knowledge. It needs feeling and love and honor for the great weavers of the past who showed us the way. If you can rouse in yourself this interest, feeling, and dedication, you also can create matchless beauty and help renew something that should never be lost. You have been listening to the recollections of Elsie Allen. To learn more about Mendocino's rich past, visit any of our county's many excellent museums and historical societies. Go to CaliforniaHistoricalSociety.org for a complete listing. Mendocino County Remembered is produced by Mary Eigner and Linda Pack for KZYX and Z.